Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the DDP. I am Paul White. It's the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 16th day of June, and we are in the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy. Threw a lot of numbers at you there, didn't I? We walked through a different book of the Bible, a different concept, a different thing, and we do so a little deeper every day, and by deeper, we're just moving into the text and trying to extrapolate what we can find there and what we feel like the Spirit is saying to us. We are in the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy, specifically verses 3, and all the way down through 16, Paul deals with widows. I want to say something up front today. Um, One is an admission that you got to wrestle with, that I've got to wrestle with, and the other is an invitation. And the admission is that I get uncomfortable trying to deal with contextually bound passages like 1 Timothy 5. In this passage, some of this is pretty straightforward. Look, there are widows. The church should take care of them. Then Paul starts to differentiate between the widows that are real widows and fake widows, then old widows versus young widows. And he seems to have a problem with the young ones because they're going to want to get married. And he even throws in some terms like, Uh, Once they desire to marry, they'll have condemnation because they've cast off their first faith, which really sounds like Paul is condemning women who decide that they got to marry. It's almost as if he's treating them like they think Christ isn't enough. Um, And then, then concludes with something that really is out of step in our culture. I wish the younger women would marry, bear children, manage the house. Give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. That it doesn't even feel good saying that. Like, what's my advice to young women? Get married, have kids, be a housewife. And I know some people say, well, hey, it's in the Bible. That's what you ought to advise people to do. But listen, the reason I, I struggle with wrestling this out is because it's obviously bound to the culture of his day. There was no ladder for upward mobility for women in Paul's world. It did not exist. We're not talking about a world where women had opportunity and Paul's telling them to shun the opportunity because it would be better to do what they're doing. No, we're talking about a world where women had zero opportunity to climb the ladder and their only hope for social success was marriage. Marriage linked them to a man who gave them an inheritance and then provided legally for their children, even if he divorced them. They were covered. And so, in a world with zero options outside of marriage, Paul says, I would love it if you would marry, have children, and take care of the house. Now, if you just pull that verse out and say, this is... Regardless of context, this is the best advice for young women. I don't think we're being fair. That's what I meant by an admission. The other is an invitation. And I know I'm inviting you to watch something that I did. But listen, I'm shameless. If I feel like the Lord gave me something that was relevant, that was powerful, I'm shameless to say that maybe you should go watch it or listen to it. We did a a sermon about eight months ago. It's available at PWM. That's our YouTube page. It's also available at Paul White Ministries, but it'd be really easy to search and watch the YouTube of it. Go to PWM and search the song of the new covenant and put my name in. And you're going to get a video that is me sitting in my 
house in front of the camera recording a sermon. I remember that the sermon was one I was going to deliver in a summer conference and the conference got canceled due to a hurricane. And so I came home early from the conference and recorded the sermon because I thought, I got this on my heart, I'm going to record it. The Song of the New Covenant. And the reason why that message was important then and I think is very relevant in this, this text is because it's it takes the contrasting moments in the New Testament where Paul says something and we go, ouch. And sometimes it's about like women teachers or sometimes about slaves and some of the stuff we're in right here in 1 Timothy. And we say, what in the world do we do with this? And then we go over to Galatians where, I, where Paul writes what I call the Song of the New Covenant. And the Song of the New Covenant is that music. It's the music that makes the New Covenant lovely. And to me, the music of the New Covenant is Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. That's the Song of the New Covenant. And Paul sings that song better than anyone. And so when you hear him say things that doesn't line up with the song of the new covenant, take it with a grain of salt, go back to the song of the new covenant. For instance, if there's neither male nor female, then why does he make such a big deal about the difference between a man and a woman live in 1 Timothy 5? Well, it's culturally bound, as we said before, but you also can't ignore the heartbeat of what we call the Song of the New Covenant. I encourage you to go watch that or go listen to that. I think it will help you in this. Let's read the text today. I'm going to read 3 to 16. We'll stop, make a comment here or there. Honor widows who are really widows, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and repay their parents. This is a good and acceptable before God. In other words, family, take care of family. Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God, continues in supplications and prayers night and day, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. It seems that Paul doesn't like to see a young widow living it up. Um, Within context, widows were taken care of by the early church, so a widow living it up didn't need taken care of. And it's Paul's way of saying, differentiate between those who need it and those who don't. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Verse 8. Listen, if you're not going to take care of yours and what's been given to you, Paul thinks it's worse than if you weren't a believer at all. Because, And he's not just talking about your own kids. He's talking about the household of faith. There's a responsibility that comes with being a part of the family of God, and that is that we love and provide for the family where we can. Then he shifts gears into the whole age of widows. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number unless she's been the wife of not unless she's been the wife of one man well reported for good works if she brought up children if she lodged strangers if she washed saints feet if she relieved the afflicted if she diligently followed every good work so pretty high standards but refuse the younger widows because when they begun to grow wanton against Christ they desire to marry having condemnation because they cast off their first faith and besides, they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, not only idle, but gossips, busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some 
have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them and do not let the church be burdened that it may relieve those who are really widows. And so there's a lot crammed in there about the treatment of widows. And I don't have to repeat what I said in the first five minutes today, um, but I did want to read that entire thing for you. Go check out uh, the Song of the New Covenant. We'll see you tomorrow as we go into honor the elders in verse 17. God bless.